Check out Realms of Peril and Glory after these short messages. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. We'd like to thank our patrons, Noah Andrews, Headley, and Andrea Pandolfo Damiani for their support in making this series possible. If you'd like to join them and get ad-free listening, bonus shows, and a lot more, then head on over to patreon.com slash lightandtragic. Hello and welcome back to Realms of Peril and Glory, an actual play podcast by Light and Tragic Productions and a member of the Fable and Folly podcast network. My name's Ella Watts, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm going to be your GM today as we continue to explore the dark and labyrinthine world of Nibiru, a science fiction RPG of lost memories. Nibiru was written by Federico Sones and is a property of Araucana Media. That's A-R-A-U-K-A-N for November A. You can find out more about the game by following them on social media at Araucana1 or by visiting their website www.araucana.com. I really recommend checking them out. And if you've missed any of that, don't worry, Zach will put it in the show notes. Today I'm joined by the wonderful Sasha Sienna, our very own Zachary Fordescom and James Barbarossa and the lovely David Devereaux. Hello, players. Please introduce yourselves with your pronouns and your podcast work, starting with Zach. Oh, okay. So I, I just thought I'd let you decide. Uh, I'm Zachary Fortescom. Uh, you know me as the creator of The Orphans. I am also the co-creator of this show, show with James Barbarossa, GM for the Veil campaign, and my pronouns are he, him. Hi, I'm James Barbarossa. I uh, I also help Zach with The Orphans. I also help create this show, and uh, my pronouns are he, him. Uh, my name is David Devereaux, my pronouns are he, they, and I make podcasts under the name Tin Can Audio. We make Middle Below, we make The Tower, we make The Dungeon Economic Model, and we make Folkslore. Hi, I'm Sasha Sienna, my pronouns are she, he, or they. Um, I write and design RPGs with MacGuffin and Company, and we also have a podcast where I tell my RPG stories in No One Wants to Hear Your RPG Stories. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. And um, I also... In the rest of my time, I write and occasionally appear on miscellaneous podcasts of other other podcasts. (laughs) Wonderful. It is good to have you all here. So this is part of a short limited series where we are playing a kind of continued one shot of Nibiru with our lovely players. So last we left off, we had met Vesa, Ia, Juno, and red at various points in Umbra. This was particularly in the hidden waterways. We started off, we found Vesa at the opening of Angel Corridor, a point from which no human being can go or return. And then we found Juno, uh, like Vesa, drowning in the water, but Vesa saved their life after diving in after them. Um, they spent a little bit of time together. Juno learned how to steer the ship. Vesa learned a phobia of water. Um, and then we met Ia, who mostly had some trouble dealing 
with some deer-like creatures on a small island um, as they uh, woke up with no memories on the shores of a strange world. And finally, Ia, kind of by observing the mechanisms of the world around them, noticed the kind of unconscious body of Red, who woke up in a strange body that feels wrong, fell into the water, nearly drowned, but his life was saved by Vesa and Ia, who tugged him onto the boat. The boat you're on is looked after by a, a fisherwoman called Asharu. Um, her brother, uh, Zayatum, and uh, her nephew, his son, Ludori. And together, like, you've all been getting to know a little bit about the world that you're in. So you've learned that you're in Umbra, that that is kind of the edge of the human world. You've learned that there is a green sort of bread-like substance called rust cake. You've learned that you can eat fish here. You've learned that you smoke or swallow kraj, which is a licorice and tobacco kind of substance that helps you deal with gravity. You've also been sleeping underneath the boat in a pot of water with these big kind of helmets that give you oxygen to help you acclimatize to the much heavier gravity in this part of the world. And where we immediately left off was that you were in these narrow tunnels about three meters wide, four meters high, you don't know how deep, um, and Red had noticed with a almost supernatural instincts that something was very, very wrong just before you hit a tunnel full of webbing and the kind of the fishing rod like contraption at the front of your boat, which has been tempting the stingray creature, Belatum, the slicer, forwards, touched the web but did not get caught in it. And you are now facing this tunnel full of web. You cannot turn the boat around, you can go backwards, but Red sensed something is coming closer to you. So, Red, what do you do? Uh, so, I can sense that there's something coming closer to us, right? Um, can I sort of sense what kind of thing it is? Uh, give me a roll. Okay, two and two fours. Okay, yeah, so you think by the way that the walls are shivering, by the way that the water is rippling, you know what this is. You don't know what they would call it at first. It takes you a minute to find the word and it's still really weird to you to have language, right? But you figure out it's what they would call a web worm. These are these Leviathan-sized creatures, um, these massive, massive worms, uh, silkworms essentially, but they are carnivorous. They do eat other animals. They are about, right. uh, let me see, they are four to ten meters long and they weigh five tons. Uh, you just remember them as real big, real scary, real hungry. You do not stay in a tunnel with a web web. Yeah, do I know whether they can, like, do I know whether they can, like, how far they can go from the web? Yeah, no, you know that these kinds of tunnels stretch for miles of web and that they move yeah. extremely fast and that they can pick up electrical signals across the webs from miles away. Like, you know that anything that touches that web is going to very quickly be dead. Right. We have to move. Everyone, we have to get away from this thing. It's, there's a big monster coming. We gotta go. Backwards? Okay, well, yeah, we're, backwards. we're going. Backwards. We're going as, as fast as we can. Just away. Literally any direction. I mean, okay. there's one direction, which yes. is back. So, yes. yeah. Okay. Go. How? 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 I don't know. How are you moving this thing? Do you know? Well, it's very complicated. <laughs> right. Let me Then I suggest explain. you complicatedly move it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty quick. So, Asharu kind of frowns um, and is like, okay, uh, we can't really... Um, and it's at this point that... Uh, Juno, give me a roll. Uh, Juno and Red both give me rolls. Okay. 
Uh, oh, that is uh, two threes and a one. Okay. That's a three and two twos. All right, yeah, no, so neither of you um, notice anything. Ia and Vesa, give me a roll. I succeed. Uh, that is three fours. Hey! Three fours. So you get an automatic positive memory. And here's the really weird thing about this. This skill check was specifically to do with the slicer, noticing that Belletum is freaking out because much like Red, she is very aware of what is approaching and she does not want to be attached to a big slow boat. So she is like trying to, like she's panicking, she's trying to get away. No one's noticed yet. But Ia, you immediately notice. So you make, give me a positive memory you have with the fauna of Nibiru. Uh, so... I used to monitor creatures um, in like something like a like a, a, a zoo or a pet shop or, or something along those lines where these creatures were, were kept and grown and looked after. Um, and um, one day I was going through all the um the vital signs and the food and the 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 kind of chemistry levels in in each of the tanks and i noticed that one of them one of the creatures was in distress and that caused concern in a way that i had not i didn't it wasn't an automatic just fix it there was concern and there was worry before that step and that was the kind of start of um, the start of the journey to sentience. Cool. So one of the ways that Nibiru works is that it's it, it really needs to be built on specifics. So what I'd like to do, if it's all right with you, is say that that gives you a plus one for aquatic creatures. So knowledge of and dealing with um, them, um, if that's okay. Um, yeah, so plus one aquatic creatures. Yeah. Um, and so you notice Belaysum freaking out. You can now attempt to calm her down and basically convince her to help you pull the boat in the opposite direction if you would like. Um, yes, yes, I will. I will give that a go. All right. So give me a roll and roll with four dice because you've got your plus one dice from your positive memory. Excellent. Uh, I failed, but I'd like to use a an influence point if that's okay. Yeah. So is that roll all of them again or just roll? Roll as many one of them again as you want. Okay. Uh, I succeed. Hey. So yeah, like, she's freaking out. No one has noticed yet, but she's like thrashing at, at, at the end of the boat, trying to like get away. And what, do, what does it look like? How do you calm her down? Uh, so, um, I, what I do, so how close to the surface of the water? Pretty close. Um, Pretty close. Yeah. And how far away from the front of the boat? Maybe a foot. Maybe a first. So c- could I conceivably reach with my arm? Yeah. Okay, so I basically go to the front of the boat, put my arm out and just lay it very gently on the slicer's back and just, I don't push down, I don't try and grab, I don't, I don't move, I just leave it there to create an idea of stability and calm and and it, it works and, and then it, the, gradually the, the thrashing ceases. Yeah, and you notice this kind of like violet pulsing light kind of like goes up and down its body and and where before it'd been like flashing quite brightly and kind of with anxiety, it slows down and the kind of frills of its fins like stop moving and it like like lets out these like little trail of bubbles. And for a second, there's just this memory 
of a creature like it in this place you used to work, which was so affectionate towards you after that first concern and that, that, that from that point onwards always sort of loved you and would kind of come and swim alongside you when you walk past the tank and stuff. And it was always like keen to, and you feel this like warmth. Um, but Belaysim like calms down and you can now kind of guide her to the back of the ship if you would like to. Yes, Thanks. please. Cool, yeah. So you kind of slowly kind of guide her around and get back to the edge of the boat. Now the fishing rod is not designed to go backwards like this, but you are able to uh, kind of just, I mean, to be honest, Belaysim just wants to get away from the worm also. So she doesn't really need to be baited to go away. What she needed to be convinced to do was to take the boat with her. Um, and now that she's kind of calmer, you're able to like, she, she starts moving slowly. It's not as fast as you were going before, but starts moving slowly and pulling the boat backwards. Um, Juno, you can't really steer the boat because it's going backwards, but you mm. can make sure that the rudder doesn't get in the way of the slicer, yeah. um, if you would like to. Um, I, I would like to. Yes. Okay, give me a roll, please. Um, oh, I didn't make it. Uh, I shall spend an influence point. Cool. Taking me down to just the one. Oh, no. Uh, I'll, I, can, I would like to assist with an influence point. Oh, yeah, you can assist. You can give oh, an extra dice you. to the roll. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And you don't need to spend an influence point to do that, Dev. Um, you can just assist. Oh, okay. Oh, you don't? Well, then I I spent one that I didn't need to spend one, so I'm back on two, but uh, thanks, everybody. Yeah, no, I'm in. So um, it's tricky at first, uh, Juno. Like, again, the boat was not built to move like this, and the slicer's tail is long and kind of does keep, like, curling against the rudder, and every time it does, she kind of, like, twitches a bit. She's not very comfortable with that and kind of, like, lashes her tail a bit. But, like, ER is keeping her calm, and slowly, slowly, you start moving back out of the tunnel. Vesa and Red, both give you a roll, please. I succeed. Uh, I think I succeed. I got a four, two, and a one. Okay. Yeah, so you do succeed. As long as you get a four, you succeed. Both of you see a shadow hit the wall at the end of the tunnel. It's about 100 meters away from you, but it's like a big shadow, and you see, like, the webs kind of shivering like I mean now it's just like non-stop vibration basically as something is moving down Red's gonna get down into a into like a crouch <laughs> and try and pull Vesa down into a crouch as well okay Vesa, Vesa will allow themselves to be pulled down into a crouch <laughs> cool alright um so you- um is there a way in which we could make ourselves less like less visible yes that's what we're doing. <laughs> but all of us. Um, I think the best way to not be visible is to be farther away. But in short term. Oh, is there like an inside of this? That there, there, there's a below decks or something. There's just the DDM, and that can only really yeah. fit one person. It's like kayak sized. Unless you hide inside the sleeping hole, um, then that I, I think we just have to like try and find something to hide behind, or or run away. How big and frightening is this? Bigger than you. Bigger than you. Bigger than me. Bigger than all of us, bigger than the boat. 
really big, really very big. M- much, much big. Much big, much, much big, my man. Big. Much big, my man. <laughs> um, Ian and Juno, both give me a roll, please. Okay. Oh, is this just with three? Um, y- uh, no, Ian, you can add your one for um, looking aquatic animals. Okay, well, yeah, then then I succeed. I have also succeed. Amazing. So both of you actually, you're able to like amazingly calmly silently efficiently keep the boat moving and you get towards the because remember you turned into this corridor to find red Mm -hmm. right so you get back to the corridor that you were in before um and you're able to like you can see the kind of brighter light of the of the fungi growing on the roof and you're nearly at the corner you're like a meter away you're okay you're getting there red and vesa roll give me another roll please i fail I succeed. Okay. Um, So, Red, you got a choice. Mm -hmm. You are hiding perfectly. You are still, you are in the dark, you know you cannot be seen, you're really dexterous. I am stealth. I am the knight. You are the knight! Um, (laughs) Vesa, on the other hand, is really not, they don't seem to be aware that like their head is sticking up over the edge of the boat and they're kind of making quite a lot of sound, like they keep moving their hands and kind of things rattle and they kind of keep adjusting like how they're they're sitting. You can help them if you would like to. I'm just gonna like put an arm, like like reach out immediately, put an arm on on Vesa's shoulder and just be like, lower. Quieter. Quiet, yes. Quiet. Yeah. Yeah. That's the um, one. Okay. We're gonna be quiet. Now, um, you've gotten to the end of the tunnel and now you need Benetum to be back on the front of the boat so you can actually move at any speed, because at the moment you're still moving at a crawl. Um so Ia and Juno, uh, both of you give me rolls, Ia with your plus one. Uh, for aquatic animals to get Belayton back onto the front of the boat, so get the boat back into an order that you can now start moving it again. Okay. I made can it. Can I assist, or are these guys assisting already? Amazing. Uh, I, I've succeeded as well. Cool. They're all good. They um, don't need our help. <laughs> <laughs> so just stay, stay at the front of the boat. Okay. So yeah, you don't move. Kind of guide Belayton around, like, and and it's it's almost sweet, and in I mean. Slices, objectively, not the prettiest or fluffiest of creatures, but um, it's almost sweet as she kind of gets around to the end, like one of the tendrils of her tail kind of like wraps around your wrist a little affectionately, like um, before she, she kind of like, again, like little little bubbles kind of come out of her mouth and she turns over. Um, and Juno, you manage to uh, get everything back in order. You can see like, uh, you know, I mean, you're not the only people on this boat, right? So, in whilst you guys have been doing all this, Zayasim and Ludari, Ludari has been freaking out, like, very silently, but he is a child and he knows what a webworm is, and he has been freaking out. Zayasim has been trying to calm him down and, like, kind of has both hands on his shoulders and speaking to him very softly. And Asharu has got a big crossbow-like device off her back and is staring down the tunnel as your boat slowly, slowly turns around in this crossroads. Red and Vesa, give me a roll, please. Uh, I succeed. Oh, I get two ones and a three. Can I help? Um, it's it, To be honest, this is just to see the thing, so, um, okay. like, I think in this case it's alright, it was just to see which of you notices. So, Points. <laughs> um, Vesa, you notice 
You know, there's something fascinating about this web, right? The web is is moving. It's made of these fractal shapes. They all have this specific sort of logic to their geometry. Everything seems to be the same shape and size again and again and again and again. It's, it's sort of almost mesmerizing. And so you're like crouched down and you're staring at this like tunnel of like repeating geometric shapes of webs and you notice one of the webs distend and distort as something very, very big by judging by the size of the distortion weighs on it. And then suddenly you, all of you, see a massive creature which has like ivory white bone plates and several like four layers of teeth in this like round jaw come down the tunnel and shriek and its entire body fills up the tunnel you were in. And just as this happens, Juno and Ia, uh, Belatum is ready to go. Juno, would you like to sail the boat away? Uh, yes, yes, I would. Okay, give me a roll, please. <laughs> And, and add plus one for ears help. Okay. Uh, well, that's that's not not good. I shall spend my influence. Okay. Do I still get to roll the extra dice? Yes, and don't forget that you can also always make a memory to automatically succeed on a task. Um, I thought that I had to set up a memory link with someone to do that. If you would like to memory link with any of the people on this boat, you can. Oh, so I'm allowed to do that just whenever? Ah, yeah. cool. Well, I succeeded this time, but All that right. is very good to know. I thought that had to be... I, I don't know why I got the impression that that had to be, like, at um, a significant role-play moment, you know, where you you connect on a deep level with a character. <laughs> like, I, I think I think that what I, what I like about the Dreamlinks, just as a sidebar, is, like, it, it can be that, but I also kind of like the idea. So I've had another character who I've played with in a game of Nibiru where they dreamlinked with someone completely by accident in a crowd. They don't even know who the person was that they dreamlinked with, but mm. they like touched them. And when they touched them, it just like came to them. And then they lost that person in the crowd. And now they don't know who that person was, but they have their memories. Um, so I think it, it can be a big role play moment, but it can also be relatively innocuous because you don't okay. know that you know this person until you establish a dreamlink, right? Yeah. So, um, but yes, but yeah, you managed to do it anyway. So you, this worm starts coming down the tunnel and the whole boat rocks and uh, Red, Vesa and Ia all give me a roll, please. Wait, do I need to roll a disadvantage because, well, I failed anyways. Uh, I succeeded. Okay. Uh, I got four, four, I got three fours. Oh, amazing. Okay. Red, Um, I think that this That's is a, a nice positive. That's a change. Yeah. So the skill check is, uh, the skill check was to see whether or not you were all able to hold your footing in the boat. And what I will tell you is that Vesa, Ia, and Ludori, the kid, all, as the boat like starts moving, they all start falling out of the boat. But with three falls, I'm going to say that you are able to catch all of them and stop them from falling. And so I think that this is probably something to do with like pack or teamwork or something like that. But it's a positive memory to do with that. Shall I come up with a memory for them? Yes, okay, please. so I um, I will remember um, perhaps a moment where several of the does this have to be in chronological order like the like the machines? Not for you. Okay, cool. So I think I'll remember a moment when several of the younger um, members of whatever species I am. Um, are running along 
maybe one of the large there are giant power lines right maybe one of the large power lines and they won't notice that um they they won't notice that some of it has become frayed and start to like fall apart and detach and it's not going to be stable for them and just um realizing how important it is to like keep everyone together keep everyone safe because the more of us there are the better off we are and try to like rush forward grab them or, uh catch them with tail teeth whatever i have also, Zach, by the way, I'm not sure if you wrote it down, but you should have noted that you've got a minus one memory to water. Um, I so, have yeah, cool. I have noted that down, yes. Great. <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered That's as I was That's why I was going to ask if I needed to roll minus one water for this. You, you failed, failed anyway. So. <laughs> <Sorry>. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, so basically what happens is, and it, red moves with just like impossible speed. So... The worm starts coming down the tunnel, shrieking. Its body hits the side of the walls and the world shakes. Like the walls shake, the water underneath you suddenly has waves in it. The waves kick up the boat to the side. And so as you start going, it's essentially like driving a speedboat over like choppy waves. And so the boat just like jumps as it lurches. And whilst Juno is doing a really great job of making sure you don't crash into any walls or anything, like all of you, you couldn't have quite been prepared for this. You all start slipping. Ludori like falls um, out of the boat, like and is kind of clinging on to the side. Vesa, you start falling as well. So does Ia. And then with just like alarming speed and strength, Red just essentially picks all three of you up by the scruffs of your neck and throws you back into the boat, and you fall onto your backs, and you're safe. Um, and the boat like speeds. Red up. was like in a red was in a prepared crouch, and <laughs> I think rather than focusing on like how alien uh, his body is, just yeah. like, instant kicks in and go for it, grab him. Thank yeah. you, thank you. Of course. Ludoria is like basically Don't having fall a panic in the water. Today. No, thank you. Uh, I think he's gonna. I think he, yeah, I think he's gonna go to Lodorian and make sure he's okay. He's he's freaking out. He there is a giant worm currently chasing you down these tunnels. Like Juno, uh, you are currently navigating the boat really really well. You are in labyrinthine tunnels that are three meters wide, um, and as you go, you're gonna have to make a series of turns. So I'm gonna give you a couple of checks as you go as you're being chased by this worm. Um, Ludori on the floor of the boat, like, is very aware of how close he just came to being big monster food and is is really just struggling to breathe and, and, and having a bit of a hard time and, like, clearly kind of, like, approaching a panic attack. Uh, can I... Because of what we were talking about earlier about noticing where the pipes go and things, mm. can I help navigate the boat? Yes, give me a roll, please. So, uh, yeah, just give me a regular roll. Tell me what you get. Uh, that was two, three, and a one, but I would like to spend an influence point. That's all right. Okay. And I succeeded that time. Okay. Um, so what I'm going to say is, Sasha, when you, as Juno, are navigating the boat, you've got three checks to pass, um, but for the first one, you will get a plus one as Ia is kind of helping you because you're basically, you're moving... Again, speedboat in narrow corridors. You're going to have to make a lot of lightning fast decisions. You don't know where you are. You're in mm -hmm. a labyrinth. Um, so, and Asharu, like, 
is kind of distracted by she's uh, started like shooting at the worm not so much to aggravate it as to kind of get it to back off so she's kind of shooting at the walls and kind of making sound rather than like specifically trying to hurt it um but she is distracted by doing that and she has basically trusted you to uh pilot this boat so let's do that first uh check um so sasha give me a roll please for sailing the boat um and add a plus one dice from ia's help okay um can i also while i'm doing this try to establish a memory link with somebody yes you can oh shall i do that first before the check i think do that first yeah Yeah. um so uh the way that this works is uh let me double check point to make a special roll two dice so basically if you get a four on either of the dice when you roll you can establish a memory link with the person you're trying to Okay. Um, I am trying to establish a memory link with... Um, oh, I, I still haven't decided whether I want to establish it with Asharu or Zartum because I feel like I, I was good at both of their things. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's a good memory link for both of them. Um, I think I'm going to go with Asharu because she's like entrusted me with the boat. So it feels a bit more relevant right now. Um, ah, I didn't make it. Oh no. So, yeah, Can you I spend an influence no. point on that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I want you to, I want you to succeed for my own mortality as much as I didn't, as I your still own. didn't make it. I'm sorry, it doesn't look like. Yeah, no, it's I Can I spend another one to help or? Linked with this person. I can spend another of my memory points, I think, to try. Um, is maybe, it- maybe fate is telling us, like, <laughs> Juno We're never was a show in a former life. Maybe, maybe Juno was Zatum in a former life. I'm gonna try and spend another of my okay. memory points. Yeah, no, that that was also a fail. Okay, yeah, no. So did you, wait, like, did you just say it was a critical fail? No, not critical. Oh, it was okay. also a fail. Yeah. Um, so that that's okay. I think I think that probably you can you can try this again when you're in calmer water. But I think that right now, like there is a yeah. lot going on. There is a giant essentially sea serpent coming behind you. That you are yeah. piloting a speedboat. There's a lot of shit happening. Um, so um, just give me the regular roll and add plus one dice for ES help. Okay. Uh, yeah, I made it. Ia, what does it look like as you kind of give Juno directions as you're kind of navigating at, again, like about between 40 and 60 miles an hour, depending on how long you've been traveling the straight line for? So um, I sort of notice some of the pipes and I sort of instinctively know where they're going. And and I'm kind of, I think my kind of main thing is just follow the pipes. Um, And I, I say this. And then as we kind of get to a bend, I kind of see where the pipes are going and I kind of tell tell uh, Juno to go that way. Nice. Ia, Vesa and Red, uh, please give me a roll. I fail. Uh, I fail as well. I also fail. Ooh. Okay, um, what I'm going to say is that rather than falling out of the boat, you're just all like kind of sent flying. You hit the boat and all three of you go down a body step. Oh. As do Zayatum uh, and Ludori. Ludori is like not really coherent right now. Zayatum uh, is trying to calm him down, but because he's trying to calm him down, he's not focusing. So the only people who still manage to hold their footing are Asharu and Ju- Juno as you, like Asharu keeps like trying to keep the webworm off you and Juno, you focus on sailing the boat. Um, I would, if possible, like to do a memory to help. Um, oh God, I forgot his name. The boy. 
Ludori? Ludori. Uh, yeah, sure. So you're going to need to spend memory points to make a memory this way. Um, yes. So if you want a plus one memory, it's two memory points. I'm going to spend three points to get a plus two memory. Okay. And the memory I would like to conjure is uh, Vesa remembers techniques of like calming someone as if Vesa was a kind of a care assistant or was like a a social uh, uh, AI that would assist in kind of mental health issues uh, for people and remembers techniques of you breathe in and you know you breathe out you you and 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 kind of advising uh Ludori on how to kind of pass through the anxiety let it let it ebb let it flow kind of get the anxiety under control uh and so i would like that's the memory i'd like to establish is remembering using those techniques okay. to assist someone Alrighty, so you get, uh, so give me, uh, call that Kara plus two. Um, and Kara you can and use two. that um, in different ways. And yeah, like as you, so Zeosum is kind of quite like possessively holding onto his son in these mortal peril circumstances. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Vesa, you managed to like come up beside him and kind of like, I mean, you're not going to be able to move him. He has a vice grip like on his child again. <laughs> That's because fair. he's going to die. Um, but you are able to kind of like talk between them and slowly like Nudori starts paying attention to what you're saying and he starts like calming down. He stops shaking quite as badly and he's kind of calmer and in a much better place as Juno, you come up to the next intersection. So, Ia, give me a roll to see whether or not you can follow the pipes. Okay. Uh, I fail. I would like to spend another influence point, though. Alrighty. Uh, I have one left. And that's a success. Nice. All right. So you do figure it out. So Juno, give me another roll and add plus one dice for Ia's help. Okay. Oof, that's not quite it. All threes. Okay. Oof. All right. Um, So uh, what happens is Ia kind of points for you to, to turn again, but this time you don't turn in time. And instead of turning into the safe tunnel that's going out of this labyrinth, you go down like to the right and suddenly the boat just hits web. And there is just web all over this tunnel and you are stuck inside of it. And the boat kind of comes to a halt and Bellitum like is swimming like underneath it and is trying to pull you through. But like the boat is like jerking against the web and you can hear the rattling of the worm coming up behind you as it like follows you into this corner. What do you do? Oh, panic. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What a moment. Um, So you said that earlier the web is like fatal. The web itself is fatal. But is everything currently still intact? No, everything is still intact, yeah. Um, The the web isn't fatal. It um, transmits electrical pulses across it. So it could electrocute you if the webworm made it do that, but it isn't currently doing that. It's dormant. It's just like spider web at the moment. Okay. Like very strong spiderweb. Okay. Um, I want to look around for anything with a sharp edge, like a harpoon or anything like that. Try and hack our way free. I would also like to do that. All right, both of you, give me a roll, please. 
or one of you can roll and be assisted by the other, whichever you prefer. I will assist. My uh, dice are not my friends today. So you today. don't want to both roll? Because it's more likely if you with more <laughs> dice involved if, uh, if you both roll. The two different approaches to role playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, okay, I will also roll. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Just don't want to die. <laughs> I did make it. Uh, I failed. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, um, Ia, you look around, you can't see anything. You're really distracted. You're actually genuinely distracted by how distressed Bellatum is. Like, she's not leaving the boat behind, which is clearly going against every instinct she has as an animal, and she's freaking out. And you are genuinely kind of upset at seeing this very distressed animal. But, Juno, you do see, like, a big machete. You've seen Asharu, like, using this for, like, like um, scaling fish and, like, that kind of thing. Um, it, although it's, like, bigger than it needs to be, you suspect that maybe it's used for other things as well. Mm-hmm. And you uh, pick it up and you're able to start like hacking through these webs. Give me a roll for doing that. Okay. But add a plus one for the machete. Yay. Love to have a machete. (laughs) Okay, yes, I made it. Cool, yeah, so you are able, fortunately the boat had kind of like hit this wall of web and sort of been cushioned into it, but it does mean that it hasn't like pierced deeply in. So you're able to kind of free the bow. And once again, you're kind of like the boat is free. But Red and Vesa, give me a roll. I succeed. I succeed too. Okay. You notice that the worm is like, it's about to block the tunnel. What do you do? Can, can, do I have a method of, of sort of communicating with this thing non-verbally um, or, or do I just have the synapse? Well, I mean, the synapse is is the way you do it um, and it yeah. is a gamble. You aren't guaranteed to do it, but I would say All that right. if there was ever any moment to do it, this yeah, would be I'm it. Um, gonna, I'm going to use the synapse. Kay. I'm going to connect to the synapse. So you need to roll three dice and tell me how many fours you roll. I rolled two fours. Amazing. Okay. Um, So with two fours, you are able to... Well, actually, you can make a choice. You're able to retain two of your faculties and you lose one. You can retain speech, motor, or your senses. Which which one do you give up? Um, I'm going to let go of speech. Speech does not come naturally to me. I'm going to let go of speech. Okay. Um, So... You feel, huh, it's interesting because I think normally what the Leviathan would want to do um, is take control of your body in in a situation of this high danger, but because you're not letting it, it's more like a suggestion that you feel through your mind. Um, Like it's like, and it's like you feel this sudden like kind of like lighting up of your synapses and you feel the presence of a Leviathan, not as distant as it usually is, and no. you feel it's like concern, like the concern you feel for your pack, like it, you feel it's concern for yeah. you. Um, and it's it wants to get you out of danger, mm. and it is guiding you. It, it, it it's sort of just at the back of your mind, suggesting that you get you and and your pack get into the water. Um. I am going to grab Lidori uh-huh. and who is with Lidori? Uh, Zayatim and Vesa. 
and Vesa. I'm gonna get Ludori and Vesa. I'm gonna grab them, and I'm just gonna jump on the side. And at the same time, when I'm in the water, try and make barking sounds at those left on the on the boat, and just like beckoning. So here's what happens. You, I mean, we're gonna deal with Vesa and Odori in a sec, but just yeah. before we do the speech, because you gave up your speech to the Leviathan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can't make any sound at all, but when you open your mouth to try to speak, all of you, Juno, Ia, Vesa, everyone on the boat, hears like a kind of rumbling roar come out of Red's mouth that is completely impossible. It is a much bigger voice than, than he is and much kind of deeper and made of, of, of mandibles and things that he just doesn't have. But somehow, and it makes the hairs on the backs of your arms and the hairs on the backs of your neck stand on end because it's like a very primal fear of like big, big monster should not be this close to it. However, through that, somehow, you don't know how or why, you can't describe it. It's like trying to describe like a scent or a color that someone else doesn't see in the same way you do. You feel this message like come through of like, just submerge. It just like, is just telling you to submerge. What do you do? So my kind of first inst- instinct upon hearing this is to kind of jump towards Bellatum, mm-hmm. um, and kind of because my sort of view is all right, Red has taken those people, I will take Bellatum. <laughs> so, cool, I kind of that, that's I jump in the water and and um, go for go for Bellatum. All right, um, I'm gonna get to Juno last. Uh, Vesa, do you let Red pull you into the water? No, absolutely not, <laughs> absolutely with all of my being. Yeah, no. cool, okay. So this is a contested roll. So each of you roll me three dice, and instead of telling me if you get a four, tell me the total number you roll. Can I add a plus one to like working with a as a, with a, yes. with this guy as a team? Do I add another dice? Yeah. I got twelve. Uh, I got fourteen. Okay. Oh no, sorry. Excuse me. Eleven. All right. Cool. Yeah. So red, you are stronger than Vesa. Vesa, you resist. You absolutely resist. Red does not no, seem to No, care. no, water is bad. Water is bad. <laughs> and you are dragged over the side. And Ludori, I mean, Ludori's a kid. He's not stronger than this adult person who has a lot of adrenaline going through them. And so Ludori also like goes over the side. Juno, you are left in the boat with Zoyatim and Ashura. Zoyatim looks at where his son has gone and just jumps off the fucking boat. Like he's not gonna let this strange person take his child. But Ashura Red's is... gonna hand Ludori over. <laughs> not, not gonna try and keep hold, just like you take him. Cool. Um, but Ashura <laughs> is standing with this crossbow-like contraption and she is like breathing deeply and she is looking down the tunnel as like this webworm is about to approach and she seems very conflicted about what to do in this moment. Juno, what do you do? Um, I think Juno's going to try and grab Ashura to take her over the boat. Okay. So Ashura like looks at you and like, it's, it's fine, just go, just I... If we lose this boat, we're as good as dead anyway. Um, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really try and like pull her. Cool. All right, give me a contested yeah. roll. So roll me three dice and tell me what you get. 
or seven? She got six. <laughs> so you like pull her and she's like a stocky woman but you are also pretty stocky and muscular and she resists but you manage to pull her enough and there's just this moment where you're like pulling her and, and tugging her and she just kind of gives in and she lets herself be pulled and could you give me a special roll roll me my t- your two dice for your dream like <laughs> yes Aha! Uh-huh. Aha! Uh-huh. Ah, you establish. So as uh-huh. as she goes from like holding her place on this boat, you pull her, and just for a second, there's this connection between the two of you, and you remember being her, and you look at the expression on her face, and you think for just a millisecond she remembers being you, and then you fall into the water. Oh my god! All of you are in the water. It is freezing cold and pitch black. The boat above you is rocking. Ia Beletsum has really like grown to like you over these past few minutes and basically it has like wrapped herself like around you and is like trying to pull you like away from the danger which you might need to stop her from doing if you want to get back to the boat um, <laughs> so uh, could you give me a roll please <laughs> I can't handle this fish <laughs> and add your plus one for aquatic creatures Okay, well, that, that was that was a success. <laughs> Great, yeah. So you, you managed to, like, calm her down enough. And all of you are silent. You are holding your breath. And there's this, like, movement over you. And you can hear, you can feel the water shivering around you and the walls shivering as something massive goes over your heads slowly searching a big head moving the head itself is bigger than your fishing boat um and it settles into the webs and ear from under the water you're only like a foot under the water you can see the web shivering as this massive glistening ivory bone plated serpent like comes into the webs filling the entire three meter wide corridor and crawling down and it is like eight, nine meters long, this big, big creature, and it goes down into the web. And all of you give me a roll, please. I succeed. Uh, I also succeed. I succeed. I do not succeed. Oh, okay. So Juno, you are running out of air. You need to breathe, but the webworm is still going over your head. And Zayatum, who was also kind of jumped in a little hurriedly because he was going after Lidori is also he needs to breathe and he's going to try and swim up now Ear you're closest to Juno and Red you're closest to Zoyatum um, Juno what do you do? Um, I think the like the traumatic memory of almost drowning in this same water will probably get the best of me and I will just start to panically scramble towards the surface okay Ear what do you do? Uh, am I still entangled in... You, you are, but she's kind of, like, less, like, death grip trying to pull you away because you calmed her down a bit. So she's, like, she's got, like, a little bit of her tail is wrapped around your arm. And honestly, you think it's helping you swim. But, like, <laughs> you are otherwise, like, close enough to Juno that you could do something if you wanted to. Can I steer Bellitub, or is that is that sort of... Yeah, definitely. I think from your success earlier, you've basically, you've passed your animal handling check, essentially. (laughs) Um, So yeah, you could definitely kind of guide her in a different direction if you want. So, um, I kind of guide Bellatum 
towards Juno because I sort of noticed the distress and kind of specifically sort of under Juno uh, so that Bellissom can kind of carry Juno to a certain extent um, and we sort of start moving down the tunnel as quick as we can um, Do you and stay so who, who else was in trouble sorry? Um, yeah who Zayat else is in trouble? Doria's dad yeah, my kind of my thinking is if we can get them further down the tunnel quickly, they can come up for air. Okay, so give me a roll, please. Okay. Do I have a plus one for the aquatic creatures? Or yes. Amazing. succeed there's one fall there <laughs> amazing um so um you are able to convince Zayasun to come along and I mean like he's familiar with Benetton right like they they've owned this slicer or kind of like had a relationship with this slicer for a long time like I think it's difficult to own them um but Juno do you let yourself be picked up like this big kind of like slimy kind of stingray like creature kind of bumps up against you yeah I do I'm okay. I'm fond of it Cool. For sure. So you are pulled down the tunnel. Red, you feel in your mind, because over your head, the tail of the worm is still moving. The others are moving under the water. And you feel in your mind the Leviathan basically screaming submerge. Um, and give me a roll, please, Red. Two and two threes. Um, can I use an influence point to try and re-roll one of them? Yeah. Do, do I re-roll one? You can re-roll, re-roll all of all them with one. Re-roll all the dice. Well, that was unhelpful. Oh. Um, so that's a failure. Okay. I would like to do something that might help in this moment. Okay, what do you like to do? Ooh! <laughs> I didn't anticipate that! Hi, Sasha Sienna here. And I'm Johnny Sims. And together, we're MacGuffin & Co. If you like realms of peril and glory and hate Elon Musk, you'll love Pitcrawler, our new two-player RPG inspired by classic adventure game books. Pitcrawler is a high-octane, high-chaos, low-prep game of wits, wizards, and unlikely warriors that turns immediate peril into long-term narrative. Now with added thumbs! Check it out and try the free quick start at igg.me slash at slash pitcrawler. Or, you know, just Google Pitcrawler. Either's good. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I 
wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Oh, um, the last time. So you need to make a special roll where you roll one dice and tell me if you get Okay. I get a two. So unfortunately you try and it doesn't work. You, if you have any influence points, you can re-roll. But um, let me see how many of those I have. If I have any, I will use one. I have one left. I will roll. A, I will re-roll. I get a one. Oh, so no. No. Okay. Not. Yeah. So you you try, but it's it's just like there's something in your mind telling you that you should have a way you can make the walls move, but it's just it's like trying to remember like a mathematical equation. You keep getting mm. the wrong way to solve the problem, and it doesn't quite work yeah. the way you want it to. Um, okay. So yeah, Ia and Juno, you're getting towards the end of the tunnel. Juno, you are really running out of air. Um, the worm is still in the tunnel with you. It started turning at the end, um, but it hasn't like completely gone yet. Um, what do you do? Uh, all I can really think of doing at this point is just hastening Belly Tim to go faster. Because <laughs> I think I'm just not quite, I'm still kind of looking up, being like, come on, this has got to end at some point. Yeah. Okay, so um, what I'm going to say is. Do you know what do you what are you doing? Um, probably kind of just hanging back and seeing what happens. To be honest. Okay. So what I want you to do for me, Juno, please, is give me a roll. Yeah, I made it. Got a four. Okay. So your lungs are burning. It's terrible. This is reminding you of what happened to you not that long ago and it's really really bad and all you want to do is get air but there is something like over the top of that which is this like a like alien instinct of this of this creature and everything that is keeping you down under the water and you stay under the water long enough for the worm to turn the corner and go away and red unless you would like the leviathan to stay for longer i think having sense that the danger is past it's going to withdraw can i can I... Do I know what it is? Can I... Do I remember its mother? Not really, no. Like, you... you. It's it's familiar to you. Like, you do you do think of it as, as mother... As your mother, as the mother of all things. Um, mm. You think of it as safety. You think of it as reassurance. You have communicated with it before. Yeah. But you read right now as the person who woke up with amnesia don't know yeah. as much as you used to know about this thing. Of course. You just know it's a big alien mind that was there and is now kind of withdrawing from you. That's fine. Am I running out of am I running out of air? Yeah, all of you are. Um so uh yeah. you the Leviathan withdraws from you, Red, and you mm -hmm. feel it's only when it's gone 
that you realise how calm you had felt when it was there. It was like you had all of your senses back and everything was the way it was supposed to be and you were safe and you were with a pack and everything was fine and good and you were so calm and it felt so good and then it's gone and you're back in this stupid body that can't see anything or feel anything right and you're about to drown. So I think you immediately want to come up fair. Yeah, I think I think Red's going to come up to the surface and maybe just float still for a bit. Cool. Just, just try and feel the water lapping around and try to um, just remain, try try to hold on to as, to as much calm as you can. So all of you, the danger has passed. You are able to come back up to the surface. Juno, you <laughs> desperately need that air, but, <laughs> but you're okay. You're not drowning. You are a little dizzy uh, from holding your breath longer than you should have. You're a bit weak, but... Bellatum is holding you up and uh, Asharu is looking at you strangely. She doesn't really know how to deal with whatever just happened. She doesn't know what happened. And actually, that's a good point. Um, On establishing a dream link, you should roll a dice to decide on how many memories you get with that person. Um, So um, tell me... uh, I, I don't know if you have the number. You probably don't. So just roll again um, two dice to dis- determine how many memories you have yeah. of being that person. Okay, that's a total of five. Cool, yeah. So you now have five <coughs> memories that you can write from being from being a Sharu. And I have to spend memory points on those the same way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so you're all able to get back into the boat and slowly, quietly make your way away from the webworm tunnels. What do you do in kind of the day following this encounter? I think I'd like to speak with Ludori and make sure he's all right. He is not all right. Um, he is shaking. He has got his arms around himself. That was probably the scariest thing that's ever happened to him. And he lives in a world where there are big monsters. So lots of scary things have happened to him. Um, and he's just kind of like holding himself and just like kind of shaking a bit. Zayatum is like has an arm around him, is quite concerned. But like, yeah, you can come out to him. The important thing that you can remember, Ludori, is once the scariest thing that's happened in your life has happened, it is over. Yeah, but wasn't the scariest thing that happened to you like falling in the water? And you keep falling in the water. So... (laughs) Mm, I do keep falling in the water, that is correct. That has been a very difficult time uh, for me. I have not enjoyed that. What if this happens again? You survived it once. Are you okay? I know you don't like the water. No, but I'm hopeful I will be. How? Why? You don't have any reason to be hopeful. I suppose without hope, what point is there? Yeah, I guess. Without hope, I will be okay. I might as well jump in the water and have it over. Do you want some fish? I would very much like fish. He kind of gets some food out, looks at his dad, and so I was like, 
clearly not going to tell him not to keep eating all the food because he just got really traumatized, but also is looking at the slowly emptying box of food that they had and is just like, a little bit of concern. <laughs> it's probably fine. Maybe um, you should have two fish, Ludori. Oh, oh, really? I feel as though perhaps it is a, a special treat for Dad, you. Dad, faces that I could have for two fish. surviving. <laughs> and kind of like cheers up a bit, warms up a bit. Um, I'm, I'm at the front of the boat. I'm like, can I have a fish as well? <laughs> I am also oh, hungry. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. What are you doing um, in the in the kind of day following this encounter? Uh, I'm just at the front of the boat, keeping an eye on Bellytum, making sure, making sure she's okay. Yeah, she's like she's very shaken by what just happened. Again, animals don't like being in front of basically great white sharks um and uh she you know but but i think like your presence calms her down a lot more than she would have otherwise been calmed um juno what are you doing in the kind of day following this um breathing first off and it feels so um, good i probably want to try and talk to asharu a little bit as well so she's kind of like sitting, oiling and treating this this crossbow-like machine. It's got these kind of like big bolts in it and sort of like, again, like think, think of a diesel punk crossbow, basically. It's got a bit of an engine to give it a bit more of a kick. Um, so it's like somewhere between a crossbow and a rifle. Yeah. Um, I think I just want to kind of ask her about her life a little bit. So I'll kind of sit down and say, um, how long have you been... Um, taking the boat out like how long has this been your life 30 years maybe uh, started with my dad I was a kid a little younger than Ludori is now I was 12 uh, then every year since what, well, what do you do when you're back in the city trade, uh, smoke and salt and store the fish, uh, make it last, catch up on any news from the Wise Folk Council, vote if there's an election, talk to the kids, teach them the basics, you know, making amended nets, uh, navigating the waterways, give any information we got to the archiver, let them know a bit more information about what's out here, uh, you know. Sometimes I'll take a day off, but uh, I'm not very good at not doing anything. What happened yesterday? Is that... Has that happened a lot? Carol, that's a big long breath. It's like... I've come close. But not with the kid. I think that that... I knew I'd take my responsibility seriously towards Ludori and Zeratum, but we normally, webworms, they don't appear out of nowhere. They make tunnels for miles. You normally know where there is one and you stay away from it. I guess I just got lazy, maybe, trusted in the world too much, which everyone should know is a mistake place like this uh, it's been a while since we got that close to finding out what lies on the other side of the dock did it make you remember anything I thought for a second 
like I knew you. Is that crazy? No, I, I don't think that's crazy. I felt like I knew you too. Who? You know, I would... I would give a lot of fish to find out exactly who you were. <laughs> or something more valuable. Well, so would I. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we'll find something for you back in Otaku. The archiver is, you know, effective. As good as any AI, and... There's kind people there. Good people. What, what does the archiver do? Uh, same as the archiver in any town. Uh, records our history. Records the births and deaths of everyone who lives and dies in Otaku. Records major events, uh, treaties, elections, conflict disasters. Uh, sometimes they explore. Some of them... When, when you commission a new one for a new settlement, they uh, go out into the world and explore the tunnels and serviceways nearby, see, see what you can see. Um, but m mostly they just... Isn't, isn't that what Ziatum does? Yeah, so like... Like exploring tunnels and... Yeah, well, Archiver is uh, rarer and more precious than people. I mean, not more precious, but they last for decades, sometimes centuries. They are the storage of knowledge for the town. But people like us, we come out into the wilds like this and we can kind of subsidize that memory without as much risk to, you know, the heritage of our town, the soul of our people. And she kind of um, smiles at you and uh, I think remembering your kind of voracious appetite for knowledge uh, for, for when, when they first found you. She looks at you kind of just as this crossbow and goes... You ever seen a death spitter before? I don't think so. Do you want to learn how to take one apart and put it back together again? Yes. All right. And she kind of spends the rest of the afternoon talking you through it and, 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 and you notice there's a kind of ease and relaxation to her once her hands are busy, once she's able to focus on doing something practical and... Yeah, is, is there anything else you want to say or do you think? Uh, no, I just wanted to kind of get uh, an idea of like who she was and her place in the world so that any memories that come up can fit into like a context, you know? Mm -hmm. So is there anything else you would like to know about her? I don't think right now. Okay. I think I, I want to wait until I'm in a place where I want to make a memory and then leave, th leave things open for that yeah cool um red what do you do in the day following this uh, attack i think after getting back on the boat and um sort of seeing everybody you know seeing vesa like taking care of like the boy and and seeing ia taking care of um Bela uh, belletum and um seeing uh, Juno and what was her name? Uh, Ashura. Ashura. Uh, talking. I think he's... I think Red's probably going to go and sit uh, at the least populated end of the boat mm -hmm. and just like look at look into the water and try to think about 
how um, calm and sort of right he felt and how he doesn't really feel that anymore. He feels like he's lost a, a connection that he didn't notice he, he had, he'd lost at any point. But now he notices he's pretty empty and disconnected. Uh, and I think he's going to go sit and look just into the water. Cool. Give me a roll, please. Uh, that's a success. Okay. So as you're looking into the water, you notice the occasional dark shapes of fish beneath the waves. It's difficult to see much like that isn't close to the surface because it's very, very dark in here. And you have now exited the kind of hidden waterways, which are these labyrinthine tunnels, and come back out into these big, wide lakes again. But you notice this kind of flash of light. And you look up and you see in the distance, like way off other shore of the lake, walking across the steel shore, a humanoid figure with a hood over their head, big kind of metal staff, and around them is a small flock of bright blue birds, which are like glowing like in the darkness and they're kind of fluttering and sometimes they go up and like touch the fungi and the fungi kind of burst with light whenever the birds touch them, but the, the birds are definitely following this person as they walk along the shore. Do you do anything or say anything? Just... Um... I think Red's gonna get up and walk over to Ashura and sort of get her attention and then try and point at the guy with the with the staff and the birds sort of questioningly. Oh, he's just an explorer. There's a lot of them down here. Um, people looking for resources, things to find. Uh, lot of strange materials. You know, there was one uh, person from um, Oil Town, I think it was, found this new metal superconductive or something. I don't really understand it, to be honest, but uh, completely changed how Sarupti was able to generate electricity. So you get people like that sometimes. They come wandering the wilds. Although, I mean, it's not going to last long by himself, but I suppose it's up to him. It's his path. We shouldn't go and help him. Nah. You can see the pulse wings, they uh, they help you find new strains of fungi, uh, but they're also pretty good at identifying any potential danger. I mean, whoever they are, they've prepared for the journey. I wouldn't have done it alone myself, but I'd try not to get into other people's business unless they are drowning outside my boat, in which case I suppose I am very much in other people's business. Yeah, I mean... By the sounds of it, had you just left Vesa to their business, they'd be dead. If you left Juno to their business, they'd be dead. If you'd left Ia to their business, they'd be dead. And I guess if you left me to my business, I'd be dead. Yeah. I... If you say they're not going to last very long out there, what makes them different to any of us? Well, they've got supplies. They've got pulse wings. They've got the right clothing. They don't seem to be suffering from the gravity. They're not currently drowning. And in my experience, we're, we're close enough back to civilization now that uh, trying to discourage people from their path, whether they're exploring because of 
a spiritual calling, because of hermeticism, because of searching for some new resource. In my experience, not normally a good idea to argue with them about whether they do or do not know what's right for them. They're an adult, they made their choice, they're well equipped. Yeah, they have the birds. <laughs> you sound disdainful. No, I just... You... You don't feel that something's gone? You don't... You don't feel that... You don't feel there's a connection you're missing? Because I feel there's a connection I'm missing. I mean... I've lost people. I feel that missing, I suppose, if that's what you mean. Lost. There's, there's just something that I used to, there's something I used to be connected to and now I feel like I'm not. And I, it seems like you guys, you know, don't, don't feel that connection, but it doesn't seem to bother you. Sorry, I, I can't say I know exactly what you mean, but maybe you'll find answers in, um, back in Otaku, there's this, uh, person they're called Merrick. Um, they run, well, they somewhat grandiosely call it the Tower of Merrick. I would call it a bed and breakfast, but, you know, who, what do I know? Um, anyway, they take in, they specifically take in folk who can't remember anything. All sorts of, uh, Odd people who wash up on the edge of the world. Um, maybe you'll find some answers there. Hmm. Yes. Maybe. Ia and Vesa, please give me a roll. Okay. I fail. Uh, I succeed. Okay, Ia, you notice, you're, you're kind of still like with Belaysen, right? And you notice a light under the water. And as you kind of pay more attention to it, you see a service AI. Service AIs are humanoid automata that are a little bit taller than people, like about seven feet tall, uh, made of metal. And they, this one is walking silently with the lights around its head switched on underneath the water back in the direction you just came. Okay. Um, I just sort of observe it at this point and I kind of wonder where it's going but I also don't want to go back <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, um, how how close am I to well, who who am I who who's like nearest to me am I next to anyone right now I'd say or? you're close to Zoyatum because he's looking out the front kind of like taking in any details that have changed in the landscape and stuff so you could talk to him if you want I sort of nod Zoyatum and, and point um and just sort of follow, like, use, use my finger to mark it as 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 it moves underneath uh, moves underneath the water, and it's just sort of a feeling of like, should, should we notice that? Is that something we should worry about? Not a, not a concern exactly. Um, another one though, which is impressive, and you note that 
on on this paper that he's been drawing on and noting this map, there are kind of like a series of like kind of sketchy humanoid like service AIs, and he he draws another one, like a, a seventh one, on the map and kind of makes a note underneath it. Yeah, no, it's um going to Cold Breach, maybe. I don't know what that is. It's what the wise folk call it. Um, we get automata coming down here all the time like a parade or a migration or something seem peaceful they never cause any trouble but they just go into the dark and never come back uh way back down to angel corridor past that line um can't stop them that's the only time that they'll ever actually cause any trouble but if you leave them be they just keep going and you've seen seven of them just sort of looking at them seven up. service AIs uh, a hauler couple of fixes um, some skitterbots uh, waywatcher which was a shame you know I mean waywatchers are so valuable down here um, I mean all sorts I think there's, there's been hundreds going down there are they usually on their own or are they most of the time I mean, skitterbots travel in packs uh, seem to anyway um, but other than that mostly by themselves Why do you think they're doing that? I don't know. Signat Napisti, the, the, the cult of silence, they say that Nibiru is alive or conscious in some way that the world thinks and that the, the AI, are, uh, it's people, I guess. Um, maybe they're going to their resting place. I, I really don't know. No one's ever found where they've gone to. No one can go that way. The wise folk um, back in Otaku, they kind of sent out an expedition of rust hunters and explorers. Um, so we're waiting to hear back, but um, it's been a few months now. Uh, I think, you know, the rogue affliction, you know, when, um, when AIs start to go mad. Do you remember that at all? It's sort of, so that kind of trigger something but um i'm not like it it open it sort of rattles a door somewhere in the back of my back of my brain um and i sort of i sort of just go i think so every ai eventually conflicts with the riddler code we put on them and and it goes mad I guess destroys things if you're unlucky just goes off if you're lucky um, seems like there's a natural point in their lives they die like we do but when they die they go somewhere else kind of like a sparkling you know when it kind of gets old it doesn't want to die in front of you so it goes off and finds somewhere quiet and safe I guess I kind of think of it like that but I mean I just give the data to the archiver um, okay I just sort of keep watching it, and not not a hundred percent sure why. Just just kind of watching it, and and as you do, you see this like big plane of black water, right? And overhead, there's kind of occasional patches of blue and green fungi, but otherwise, it's like very very dark. And you see this one light under the water disappearing and disappearing into the distance until it looks like a single star against this just swath of shadow. And then even the light goes out. You can't see it anymore. Vesa and Juno, give me a roll, please. Okay. 
I fail. Uh, I got two fours. Juno, you can hear music. Ooh, you how lovely. You can hear music Where echoing. It? Yeah, it's coming from a small boat in front of you, but it's not like a boat. It's like basically the size of like kind of a little paper boat. Um, it's on like essentially a, a tray of, of, of metal. Um, and inside this small kind of tray is like one tiny tape recorder thing. And it is playing this tinny recorded music just out into the nothing, just echoing against the walls, bouncing off the water, and this like little tray like starts drifting towards you. As you're sailing on into the dark, this little just incongruous tray of music with this little speaker comes past you. Um, I will check with like any of the actual like original crew of the boat that's around to see what's up with this. Is this a thing that happens? Ludori is already scrambling across the side of the boat as soon as you kind of notice it and look around. And he like reaches out and grabs the tray and kind of pulls it closer and picks up, puts it on the boat. So now you've got this little like radio between you and he goes, it's a wandering song. It's, it's this thing. Okay, so basically the kids around here. Okay, okay, well, okay. So way back when, Everyone was really scared that no one would be able to find their way back to Nataku, so they put out these little radios with instructions on how to get back to Nataku. But now, like, it's super easy to find your way back to Nataku because there's, like, loads of people. So, like, kids in the Way of Lanterns and the Flooded Countries have started recording over the safety instructions with, like, music. And then you put it out from your town. Like, one time I heard this song, it was from Ebudu, and they used this, like, kind of, like, this, like, beeping, but it wasn't really beeping. It was, like, stretched out and distorted. It was so cool. And me my friends just had the best time and like oh this is a good one as well i think um and this kind of like music just like just plays in the middle of your boat that sounds really lovely yeah it's the best plus it means we're nearly home um and ludor is extremely excited about this um he kind of picks up the tray and very gently sets it into the water and it goes off like floating um into the dark and he smiles at you juno and he goes are you excited I think I am excited. I think I'm excited. You gotta have hope, right? Kind of looks at Lisa. Yes. Yes. Um, Are you excited? I am so excited. I want food so badly. I'm so hungry. And dad says that we're not supposed to keep eating as much until we get home and we're safe and stuff, which I understand. I understand. But also... I'm really hungry, so... You're so lucky you said that, because I was about to say, shall we have some more fish? <laughs> <laughs> I sort of I sort of turn around at the mention of food, just sort of just looking around. Do they have the smoked fish and the rust bread? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the city? And they've got ash cake and dust cake and blue fungi and red fungi and brown fungi, if we're really lucky, but that is really expensive because we got to import it from Sarapchu. But it is the best, though, so also it's, like, worth it. If, if I'm not mistaken, ash and dust are both not food. No, so like, okay, so ash cake is from Ashur and it's made out of red fungi. It's kind of spicy. And dusk cake is from Penumbra and it's kind of dusk. like dark blue um, and it's made from blue fungi. And then obviously rust cake is made from green fungi because green fungi grows in rusty places. It's like a lesson and a food. I understand. I understand. <laughs> Man, I'm hungry. <laughs> All four of you, please roll me. Uh, give me a roll. 
trying to pick up a d4. <laughs> I fail. Uh, I also... <laughs> I succeed. I also fail. Okay, red. I'm glad I'm failing now and not, like, earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> like... Red, you hear a crashing sound of water on water, like a massive, flowing, crashing sound of water. And you hear it just before your boat kind of passes between two great walls and goes through this great archway. And you see in front of you, like, dozens and dozens and dozens of lanterns distantly, and then a kind of pool of yellow and red and blue light that kind of makes itself into buildings the closer you get. And you see this massive, like, wheel-like structure, and it's turning slowly, continuously, non-stop. And it's turning because above it, from this huge, huge cylinder that is bigger than the town itself, there is a waterfall crashing down onto the wheel and turning it over and over and over again. And Ludori turns to look at you all and in the shadow and the light, his face is painted blue and red and yellow. And he grins at you and he goes, we're home. And that is where we will end. Yeah. Thank you very much for playing. <laughs> Thank you. Amazing. You. We had a nice time. Um, I did. Yeah. Ta-da. 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 Thank you so much for listening to Nibiru. Please head out and support our players today, starting with Sasha Sienna, who is currently running a crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo for MacGuffin & Co.'s new game, Pit Crawlers. Pit Crawlers is an over-the-top two-player fantasy RPG inspired by old-school adventure game books. The Kickstarter close is not long from when this episode comes out, so if you want to check it out, head over to MacGuffin & Co. on Twitter for the link. There will be a link down in the show notes. Please also head out and support Ella Watts. You can follow her on Twitter at G-E-J-Watts, W-A-T-T-S. There you can find out all of her podcast projects. She's recently been the producer behind Doctor Who Redacted and has now started to work on Zombies Run please do go check out her work. You can check out David Devereaux on Twitter and Instagram at Devereaux Base. They make audio drama under the name Tin Can Audio for shows like The Tower, Middle Below, and Folkslore. They're an incredible composer who streams quite regularly and you should definitely check them out. You can follow James Barbarossa on Twitter at Barbarossaphone, though he has told me that you probably shouldn't and that instead you should check out The Orphans. The Orphans is a science fiction romp that spreads across galaxies in a dystopian world. There are clones, AI, and rebellion. You should definitely check it out. Finally, you can follow myself personally on Twitter and Instagram at ZachFG, that is Z-A-C-K-F-G. 
best way to support the show is by heading to patreon.com slash lightningtragic, where you can get bonus shows like our newly released High School of Horror, as well as companion podcasts for some of our other series, like Waiting for James and GM's Guide to Veil. On top of that, you also get ad-free listening and production updates. You can follow Realms of Peril and Glory on Twitter and Instagram at RealmsPod, that's R-E-A-L-M-S-P-O-D. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.